Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. And Mike, it sounds like summer has arrived a little early, not just from our climate, but from our real estate market. Um, you know, typically it may uh, we may see peak activity and peak uh, supply demand curves for for number of transactions a little later in the summer, but it seems like it's showing up a little early this year. Yeah, absolutely. It sure does. It's uh, it, it is you're like you said, it's not just the climate, but it's hot across the board and uh, the market seems hot and we keep, uh, you know, it's been the narrative for a while now, but it certainly seems to be heating up even more, seeing more people, you know, on social media getting out and looking earlier. I think then, you know, a lot of times they wait till the kids are out of school or whatnot to start their search. But I think people are just starting their search earlier this year. I also think, um, you know, and, and I agree with you, I think the combination of the, um, you know, the move, at least for Tampa Bay, the number of people moving here, um, the the climate uh, and, and just the low supply, high demand has has really ramped up our real estate market, combining that with record low interest rates. But I also think some of the schools let out a little earlier than normal or have gone to half days or, you know, some of that I think has fueled some of this. I, and, and, and I think also winter, you know, still, you know, thriving in parts of the country where they're getting, you know, cold temperatures, I think is driving more people to Tampa Bay. But, uh, in, in the 16 years I've been doing real estate, uh, the market has never been as, um, you know, hot and busy in a, in a March, April, May, as it is this year. Yeah, it's funny you say that about the weather. So I talked to my mom, who's in Cleveland, Ohio, last week on Mother's Day, and she told me that there were snow flurries. So um, that, and I was like, wait a minute, it's, you know, it's May 8th or whatever it was. It was yeah. unbelievable. But, um, you know, anyways, yeah, too. And I think, you know, another thing that adds into it, it you know, almost everybody knows about the hot, hot, hot housing market, not just the people in the industry, but everybody's talking about it. It's all over the place. It's sort of unavoidable. And so I think that the general public knows more, which has caused, you know, adds into the frenzy. And I think that's, you know, part of the reason why you're seeing, you know, more people jump earlier because they think it's going to take longer or be more difficult. Yeah, and 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 I think you're right because uh, the the idea for a lot of people is that they want to move during the summer, right. and because of other restraints and maybe having to be in the office Monday through Friday nine to five, that a lot of employees don't have to do as strictly now that COVID has shown that a lot of a lot more people can capably work from home. It, it, you know, the schedule and the tightening of that schedule, it, it really it's gotten loose. To the point where people are starting that search a little earlier so that they're closing, you know, looking in April, May, their closing can happen in June after the kids are out and they can still move in the summer instead of starting that process in June when they get their vacation, when the kids are out of school, you know, fully, uh, you know, all those things. It's just it's just happening sooner. Yes, absolutely. There's yeah, there's more flexibility in people's schedules and in people's lives, um, like you mentioned. And I think you're right. That's contributing towards it. Well, and I think there's another thing that that has happened. Um, you know, we we obviously serve a lot of military uh, at our office, just a couple blocks north of McDill Air Force Base, and you know that that has kind of been held back for a while. A lot of the permanent change, uh, you know, PCS moves, had yeah. been held off for so long um, that that military moves weren't happening, and now that's starting to ramp up. So you've got people that are, um, you know, that have been kind of waiting to move or relocate to Tampa Bay that are being moved from one part of the country to another uh, in their, you know, military position. 
And and that's starting to happen now, which is another thing that I think military markets are going to start to see because there's this huge pent up, uh, you know, amount of people that have just been waiting on uh, the moves to be approved again and be able to happen. So military markets, I think, are also seeing an increase uh, demand simply from all of those moves that would have normally been spread out over a year or two period. They're now going to kind of come, you know, no pun intended, fast and furious right. to, uh, you know, to the uh, to the real estate market. Right. They're making up for the year they didn't do it. Right. And so right. now maybe it's double the amount that's happening and, and whatnot. So, yes. For oh, sure. and and look, you know, Tampa Bay is a military market, you know, McDill Air Force Base, one of our largest, if not our largest employer. And, and you know, obviously, we're not the only market in the country to have a, a heavy military influence, but private companies, too. You know, the relocations that large companies are normally responsible for, you know, when I talk to friends in corporate relocation, a lot of that was also halted. So it's not just the military moves, although for Tampa Bay, that's a, a big factor. It's also, you know, private companies you know, publicly traded companies, you know, that are, that have held off the moves. And now that there's a certain number of people that have been vaccinated now that COVID is not as a uh, major of a, of a killer, not as many people getting sick, uh, things are opening up, you know, now that that started to happen, a lot of companies, not just the military, but a lot of companies are also, um, you know, green lighting these kind of pent up relocations that have just been sitting there waiting on things to get more normal. Yeah. And Florida was already a, a hot market for businesses to relocate to or bring employees to or added, you know, a second headquarter or whatnot. And there was a lot of campaigning going on before COVID. And I think it's even more so after COVID, um, especially with the, the political environment, tax environment. Now it's Florida is, uh, you know, no pun intended, the sunny place to be right now for businesses. And a lot of people are taking a look at our, our area. Yeah, no doubt about it. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Facebook. We got a cool contest going on right now. If you haven't seen our uh, billboards, your home sold so fast, you won't be furious. We're giving away some movie tickets to see uh, the Fast and Furious movie that comes out in about six weeks. You just have to follow us on social, take a picture of the billboard, um, and, and post it on your social tag two friends, and then go to one of our social channels and comment done that you have completed it. And I don't mean comment on one of our people. I mean, our official social channels at the Duncan duo, we've got a, a couple of posts on there talking about the contest just mentioned done in that post. So we'll make sure to, uh, to get you to see the fast and furious movie. So again, supplies are limited on that. We may run out before you have a chance to do it. But uh, if you want to go see the movie on my dime, then make sure you're following us at the Duncan Duo and you take a picture of our billboard and post it on your socials uh, tagging us. So we've talked a lot about, um, you know, construction and the construction slowdown uh, that's contributing to real estate. You know, and, and I had prefaced this, um, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago that the slowdown in new construction from 2008 to 2012, right. um, because there's so many people getting out, has trickled down to um, you know this this problem that we have with new construction, but the other and probably just as substantial of a problem is the shortage of building materials and the increase of those costs, which are pricing some, especially small builders, out of the market because they've got to front the cost on a lot of those materials and they're fronting the cost and then waiting months to get it. Um, some small builders are more or less kind of getting shoved out by the big boys because they can't they can't front the money for that long, um, you know, especially at the you know, increased cost of materials. So, but 
everything from a construction perspective right now is slow. Um, you know, whether it's uh, an addition on your house, changing out your flooring, uh, putting in new appliances, um, if it's construction labor related, um, it's very likely that the, the materials will take longer than you think to get, and it will take longer to get that accomplished. Um, yeah, it, go ahead. Yeah, it, no, no, it, go ahead. It's, it, it's happening all over the place. And a lot of times people ask, well, why is this happening now? And, and the reality is it takes a while to get through that whole supply chain disruption. So even though this disruption is sort of in the past now as we're opening back up and things are getting going now, it takes a long time to get that through. So now we're starting to really feel the delays of what was happening, you know, six and nine months ago, because um, it disrupts that entire, um, you know, supply chain that that's coming through. And I think it's probably going to last for the next you know, six to nine to 12 months um, to get everything caught back up, get it ramped back up and get into a, you know, a solid flow. Yeah. And I think what people don't realize, you know, and, and why it, it took time, you know, most uh, manufacturers of any kind of product uh, have a surplus, they have a warehouse, they produce more than they need um, so that they store it in case there's a problem in case their factory has a shutdown from a uh, a, a storm or a, you know, a, um, a leak or, you know, some other problem that slows down their manufacturing. So most manufacturers have a surplus and that's really what we were eating through several months after COVID people were saying, Oh, everything's getting back to normal. Eventually you, you know, smart people knew that, you know, we were going to sell through all of that kind of warehouse inventory of building materials and that two to three month plus period where a lot of places weren't producing anything um, is going to catch up with this. And that's that's what we're feeling now. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's exactly right. And kind of the point I was making. And you're going to continue to see it, I think, for the next little while. Yeah, no doubt about it. And 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 I think what consumers have to understand is that, you know, you know, I'll hear people say, oh, well, it should only last two months because, you know, they were only shut down for two months. But in reality, it was longer than that because you, you even when a lot of businesses reopened, they reopened with skeleton crews, almost like the emergency right. crews, you know. And so it's really been more like four or five months. And like you said, in addition, at the time that we're, you know, losing this supply of kind of backlogged goods at all these manufacturers at the same time, demand spikes like crazy. Yeah. Uh, and you even yeah, you see it this week, too. Like and then a frenzy happens. Right. It starts to get out there in the media. So then everybody goes and hoards. You you heard yes. it about with the gas pipeline this week where, yes. you know, the reality in Florida, it doesn't even affect us. But everybody started to go fill up their gas tanks and anything else they could fill up with gas when the reality doesn't even affect us. So it exacerbates the problem. And I think the same yeah. thing happened with the supply chain. And, it, and so it extends the time where we actually go, you know, in scarcity. Unfortunately, uh, our society has never been more controlled by uh, news media and social media. Right. Um, you know, people see the information and they panic, you know, and, and yep. you know, they go from uh, zero to apocalypse in 60 seconds and, and hoard stuff. I mean, we, we, we had the same thing happen with toilet paper with right. hand sanitizer. I mean, it, it just panic buying. And, and so the same thing has happened on the, on the building materials front. But you know what? There is something really practical if you're buying or selling a home, I want to I want to translate this into a step that you need to take into consideration when you're buying or selling a home. Um, this this labor and material shortage, what that means to your home purchase or home sale and a major adjustment you need to make so that you don't either lose out on your purchase or lose out on your sale and make a tragic mistake that grenades your real estate deal. So we're going to talk about that 
after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market when we aren't on air. Follow us on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook. And um, we got a giveaway going on right now for a couple Fast and Furious tickets. Um, we've got a lot of them to give away, so make sure to follow us on our socials and uh, compete in our contests that we have going on for taking a photo of our billboard and posting it on your socials. The details are on our social media channels, specifically, uh, I know, on Instagram and Facebook, um, so make sure to check those out. But, so what I teased before the break was that, you know, we've got this labor shortage and we've got a material shortage, so how does that translate into a tip for home buyers and sellers? And far too many home buyers and sellers are still making the mistake of negotiating repairs into their purchase or sale contracts instead of credits or dollar amounts. And here's why. Because if you negotiate a repair, you're putting another party in charge of a repair that unfortunately may get rushed along, may not get done in time, may be done in a shoddy manner because of the uh, demand on labor right now, corners get cut. Uh, material shortages cause material not to come in in time. In, in my professional opinion, I've seen more deals get canceled on inspection repair issues because people get frustrated over things that nobody has any control over. And what yeah. you do have control over is deciding to ask for a dollar amount instead of the seller doing a repair when, of course, it's not required by financing or by the insurance, um, you know, the insurance company. In those circumstances, I, I can't recommend strongly enough that in lieu of requiring the other party in the transaction to make a repair, um, you know, to the property, that you just get a dollar amount credit so that you can take care of it later on so that the uh, delay in getting that repair done doesn't frustrate you because you think the seller's dragging their feet when they're probably not. It's just really competitive and hard to find good labor and it's hard to find the materials. So right now, more than ever, it is so important for home buyers and home sellers to focus on making it a monetary decision when there are things found in inspection, because otherwise you could cause your transaction to get delayed, your move date to get pushed, the materials not coming in time, or of course, as it happens in new construction, when they get really, really busy, um, corners get cut. You know, they're trying to rush out too many jobs because the supply and demand curve is out of whack and they can't keep up. So in lieu of doing the job the right way, they cut a corner and then you're stuck with a shoddy repair after you close on the house. And, and that's something that, that is, is, you know, just so, so out there right now. It is, is so prevalent that you'd be way better off asking for either a credit towards your costs or a reduction in the price versus dealing with the whole repair process with construction the way it is right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And thanks for giving the plug, assuming that it's not going to affect either lending or getting insurance right. um, on there. That That's going to be there because that can that can be bigger issues if that's there. And also just a word out there to all the buyers that, that are there is it is better right now to ask for a credit, too, because there is so much demand on the sellers. Lots of times the sellers don't want to be bothered with it. Right. And for all the reasons Andrew mentioned that, you know, they're going to go the, the late. It's hard to get a contractor out there to do anything. They're going to go the cheapest route and everything else. It's better to just decide on a dollar amount and negotiate that way. And then when you move in, even though you are going to then have to handle whatever the issue is may be, but you can do it on your time and do it the way you want to. And we've seen a lot of buyers get frustrated because they want the sellers to do 
repairs and the sellers either can't because they can't get the materials two they can't get somebody out there um or three they frankly they just don't want to right yes. to, to get it there they just don't want to do it and they're like oh we'll just find another buyer because you know there were 40 people lined up at my house exactly to buy my house no yep. big deal so instead of go through all that as a buyer and then what we we're seeing is then buyers get frustrated because then they can't find the perfect house and i hate to be the bearer of bad news but doesn't exist you know, <laughs> right. It's it, it's usually never 100 percent perfect, even a new yeah. build, even new construction. There's always something. And, and so I would really I, I think it's such great advice that we're talking about this today to negotiate a credit, a dollar amount um, and make sure you talk to all the parties involved that, that you're within the parameters that you can do that. But it is the best way to go. Yeah. And I think that you mentioned that you're within your parameters because there's a lot of home buyers and home sellers and real estate agents that don't read the flipping contract, right? Read the contract, know what it says, know what your buyer can or can't ask. Because unfortunately this has happened too. buyer has an as is contract and then asks for a bunch of stuff and seller says, you just defaulted on the contract. And then attorneys get involved, read your contract and know what you're able to ask for or not able to ask for actually read it before you click and sign it. So many people come back to us frustrated because they didn't actually read. We can't make you read. You need to read it and understand it and ask questions. And if you don't, then it's on you. You should have read it because again, deals get canceled. Escrow deposits get taken. Sellers decide to go with other offers because buyers default because they think that they're in control. And unfortunately in today's market, they are not. The seller is in control. And you know what's even more in control of everything else? The contract and what it actually says you can and can't do. So read it and understand it before you start asking for things that you're not allowed to ask for. So nonetheless, um, just to stick to the main basic point, though, reduce price or get a dollar credit versus haggling through repairs. There's never been a worse construction market or labor market to deal with this stuff. It, it is just grenading deals left and right. People losing out on their dream home simply because they're trying to get the seller to do some menial repair that they could just get a small credit for and do after closing. And that's the path most people need to go. So anyway, we're going to be back continuing this conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. And Mike, we, we've, we've talked about sports quite a bit on the show. I know we both love sports, yes. but, uh, you know, hockey playoffs are now upon us and, you know, having winning sports teams with winning owners that do great for the community, um, also fuels a lot of what's happening in our real estate market. You've got the downtown development. You've got people wanting to move here to be around the Super Bowl champion, to go to live sporting events, live concerts that are starting to come back. But winning sports teams are always a great recipe for a, you know, I wouldn't say just a recipe, but a uh, great predictor of strong real estate markets because it drives people to the uh, to the area. Yeah, absolutely. It does. And it's here we go again, right? I think we've talked a lot about sports, probably because we love it. And it's been so much excitement in Tampa Bay. But here we go again, right? Lightning are back in the playoffs to defend the cup. And hopefully it's going to go uh, go for a long while here as, as we get back in there. But yeah, I think there's uh, there's a lot of excitement building up once again. And they're and allowing obvious, more fans. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. They increased it to now. I think it was somewhere around 3,000, now somewhere around 7,000. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I think a lot of people are hopeful that that number may increase in future playoff rounds to where we can get even more people 
uh, you know, to, to the to the games. The more people there, the more exciting it is. The better it is for our local economy. The better it is for the team uh, because they they get jazzed up with that crowd. You know, being really loud. Um, I, I think a lot of the sports arenas have have done the best they can do with piped in crowd noise. You know, nothing yeah. nothing uh, replaces the real deal. But but you know, those types of things happening here um, are are a beacon to our economy. And and let's face it. We're having so many people move here. This has been such a polarizing year with the election, with COVID, with COVID restrictions, with politics getting involved in that. And a lot of people are loving the idea of being able to go to a game here and not provide some sort of test or documentation that they've been vaccinated. Um, Governor DeSantis, you know, kind of outlawed the whole vaccine passport thing. And whether you agree with it or disagree with it, the point is, is that there are people from up north that are moving here because they want that. They don't want to have to jump through a bunch of hoops to go pay a lot of money to watch, you know, a sporting event. And so the the idea that they can come here and and go to a game without some of those extra hoops is something very desirable for people up north. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's it's continuing to move people here. And and you know, but but winning teams you know, and, and winning owners. I mean, you look at Mr. Vinick and it, and it isn't just his focus on having a winning hockey team. He's about a winning city. I mean, he is so involved in the, in, in charity and doing so many good things in Tampa Bay as are the Buccaneers, but you look at what they're doing for our city and it, and it just really catapults us. It almost gives us free marketing to the rest of the world about how great it is to live here because all the good things um, th- that they're doing in Tampa Bay, but, but winning sports teams fuel that because guess what? When teams are winning, the owners make more money, which means they have more money to give away more money to reinvest into the arena, more money to reinvest in a massive downtown waterfront, you know, uh, walkable, you know, community that doesn't happen if we don't have winning teams. Yeah. And it's so, you know, this isn't a secret to everybody that lives here visually, you know, looking at our city is beautiful, right? And the aesthetics and the, and the views you can get in the cameras, you can get. So when we have the national spotlight come onto it, that's more people here. It's more, you know, the taking of the pictures and the beautiful shots in downtown Tampa and across, uh, you know, Riverwalk and then the beaches and everywhere else. And so it just fuels that people are like, wow, I really need to check that place out that maybe they didn't know that about Tampa Bay and, you know, the secrets getting out and it keeps happening because our sports teams keep uh keep winning and the the national spotlight you know stays on us yeah so again you're listening to duncan do a real estate show here on wfla andrew duncan when we aren't on air make sure again to follow us at the duncan duo twitter instagram facebook youtube um you know we're going to continue giving you real estate advice um we're not necessarily going to encourage you to hoard housing like you hoard gas but (laughs) We're going to keep talking to you about what's going on. But that, that's something that, that I think is kind of surprising. Um, you know, this whole response to, um, you know, the, the shortages of supplies. But, but, you know, with gas, for example, one thing that I thought was incredible, and I'll share this experience for people, and this is just me explaining um, some real-world examples of how many people are moving here. Um, and, and so you can understand it. I'm not necessarily advocating because our infrastructure is going to, going to, going to start to buckle. You know, we're, we're starting to have those traffic backups and, um, you know, we're starting to feel some of that now, um, that people are getting back to work and more people are on the roads. So I'm hopeful that our city 
and the state of Florida and our, our local, you know, feeder cities um, continue to focus on infrastructure to be able to handle all the people. But a couple of examples, U-Haul this week uh, is announcing that they're not allowing you to one-way truck rental to Florida anymore. Really? You literally have to return your truck to the place you rent it from or pay a lot of extra money because there's so many people bringing the U-Hauls here that other people in other parts of the country can't move. Wow, so that's something. It's, it's astronomical, you know, and I saw it online. I've seen people talk about it. And, and the reality is, is that the demand is just so high that unfortunately it's causing a supply and demand curve challenge on U-Haul trucks. Yeah. So I, guess if you, move here. so I guess if you see extra U-Haul trucks around or you start seeing them everywhere, now we know why, huh? Yeah, no doubt about it. Maybe <laughs> some, there's going to be some new U-Haul businesses open up. <laughs> right. Um, but, but here's another, another thing that I'll kind of tell you, um, you know, during COVID, my wife and I had COVID, you know, not that it matters, but I've already been, we, you know, we've already gone through the vaccine stuff and, and we, we traveled throughout COVID, you know, we're both healthy, you know, we made sure to stay safe and not get around elderly people for a period of time after we'd come home from a trip and, and, you know, we were smart about it, but, but we did quite a bit of traveling, um, you know, during COVID and on one of the trips, um, I actually bought a toolbox that was in the very first Fast and Furious movie. And it's signed by Paul Walker. And I bought it, the guy that I bought it from, it was the technical uh, director for the first couple of Fast and Furious movies. He provided all the cars, equipment, and tools to be used as props in the movies. Um, you know, really cool guy, his name's Craig Lieberman, if you look him up, um, super smart car guy, we became friends. But anyway, I bought this toolbox. And, you know, I bought it before I thought through how I was going to get it from California to Tampa. Um, and the process of how I had to get it from California to Tampa told me everything I knew about how many people were leaving the state of California in moving vans and U-Haul trucks, because it took several weeks in advance, multiple phone calls, multiple website visits to finally have someone that would rent me a car that would accommodate this toolbox. And then I had Daniel, who, who works for us, uh, drive it across country wow. <laughs> because there was no other way to safely get it here. And it took, it was, it was unbelievable how long it took. And it, it kind of ties back to the U-Haul story in that it made me realize how many people were leaving California. And, and a lot of them, you know, certainly going to Texas and going to other parts of the country, but certainly a lot of them are coming to Florida. And, and it was a hassle, this is several months ago, to find a place that would do a one-way rental of a, van, of a minivan to drive it from California to here. So, so I could only imagine that, that it's obviously gotten worse, but it's, it's just a sign that more and more people from highly populated areas are moving here, and it's going to continue to um, bless our real estate market, but maybe not really bless our infrastructure. Yeah. And, and hopefully, like you said, they can keep up with the infrastructure to, you know, be, you know, stay up with the demand that's coming. Right. Because because it's clear that it's not going to stop anytime soon. Um, it, it just isn't. Um, and, and, you know, it, it really was baffling to me. I could not believe how difficult it was to rent a one way minivan, you know, from from California to Florida. And, and I'm hearing it, those same experiences from people up north. Now, and it isn't just U-Haul, there's other people, and they're simply not doing it because they don't have any, um, but, but now they've gotten to the point where taking them back and forth and the gas and how few people 
are leaving Florida. So in other words, the reason they, they stopped it is because usually they can run the math to know how many vans they can drive here to know that people will move out of the area and drive them back to other corporate locations. But because of the number of vans coming here and not enough people renting vans to leave this place, they stopped allowing it. It's, it's insane. You know, it, it really is. But it just goes to show you how our population is growing and how few people we're having leave here, especially when you start to factor in, like you talked about earlier in the show, Mike, um, you know, the, the state income taxes, uh, parts of the country that aren't open, um, you know, parts of the country that aren't as safe, um, parts of the country that are snowing in May. Um, so, so for all those reasons, you know, you pile all that on and it's just really, I hate to say the word because we've heard it all way too much, unprecedented. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that that maybe that should be the word of the year for 2021 that they announce at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, it keeps happening, right? And so um, it, it's you know just unusual times, right? Or, or unprecedented times we live in. No doubt about it. So again, you're listening to Duncan Do a Real Estate Show. We're gonna be back with our last segment. We're gonna talk about um, a little bit more about the real estate market, but make sure you're following us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, giving away free tickets to the Fast and Furious movie. So make sure to follow us and compete in our contest. And again, that's at the Duncan Duo. We'll be back after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo with Mike Corrigan at Cross Country Mortgage. And Mike, you know, we, we, we've talked about this a lot because of how competitive the market is and how important it is for home buyers to start the mortgage process earlier than they think um, yes. simply because they don't realize the extra steps or complications that are involved with the documentation and additionally how many sellers are getting bidding wars and they're wanting to see more than just a prequal they're wanting to see uh, a commitment letter they're wanting to see that income has been verified that credit's been pulled uh, that they're wanting to minimize their risk and far too many home buyers still today are getting just a, a general prequel, going out and looking at houses, and then losing offer after offer after offer before they finally realize maybe I should go a little further in the mortgage process so that my loan looks more attractive to the home seller. Yeah, absolutely. We're, I was just talking about this with my team yesterday, and and the reality is, is if you're a buyer there, yeah, it can be easier if you just do that less paperwork and that sort of stuff up front, but it's going to be harder later on, and you're not going to get your home. So you want to do the work up front, get a full pre-approval, jump into the process, and get that all vetted out. If there is anything that needs to be addressed or adjusted or, or whatnot, you do it up front so that when you do find the home, that you're ready to make an offer and that us as a mortgage lender will call the listing agent for you and say, look, this guy is rock solid. You know, we verified income, assets, credit. You know, we've sent it and we have our automated underwriting approval. We're ready to roll. And that will help put you ahead of the game there. And we want to do everything we can for our buyers to help get them there. But if we have to trail around to get a, you know, you go find the house of your dreams. And now we're trying to get paperwork from you and whatnot. And we can't say that in full faith. Um, it doesn't give you the best opportunity to buy. Um, and so I can't tell you how many times buyers say, yeah, yeah, I'll send it over. I'll send it over. And then they go out with their, their real estate agent. 
and then they find the one, right? And now they want to write an offer and now they're scrambling to find the paperwork to send to us and everything becomes an emergency and a rush um, and just mistakes happen when that happens. And so take the time, do it up front, talk to your mortgage professional earlier in the process, make sure they're verifying your documentation um, because in the long run, it gives you the best chance to get into the home that you want. So the the other part of that that I think consumers have to understand is with with listings in the marketplace. So these are these are homes listed by brokers representing sellers. The 80-20 rule applies. The majority of the listings are held and listed by a small number of brokers. Obviously, we are one of those that has a large amount of listing inventory. Um, and and so the the important part about that is most listing agents are very experienced, great agents. It's harder in a lot of ways to represent seller than it is a buyer in the real estate world. So you're dealing with a very experienced agent that has done a lot of transactions. What does that mean? They can sniff out the, uh, you know, the BS line that the lender gives them about whether or not they've really checked the income and the credit and how solid the buyer is. They're very experienced. They've done a lot of deals. They know what a lender's prequal looks like. They know what a commitment looks like. They know the difference from one lender to the next, what those documents look like to be able to help their customer make a decision about who is a more solid financed buyer. So when you're, when you're talking about the selling agent having all of these offers and, and they're going to you know, sit down with the seller and make a recommendation of one, you don't want to give them a reason to nix your offer. And a lot of times, the, uh, the buyer doesn't go through that full loan process when other buyers have, or is competing with cash, um, and, and you know they have more money to put down, but they want to put down a smaller amount for the pre-approval, uh, and then they lose the deal. You have to maximize everything you can and put it all on the table, and, and you've got to have your ducks in a row and, and you've, you've got to be very far along in the mortgage process to where that loan officer can comfortably tell the truth about how far along you are. And the listing agent can tell when you're not because they've learned to read people. It's what they do. So, so when that listing agent doesn't believe that one of those, you know, last few offers where the sellers kind of pitting them against each other to decide which one to take when there isn't a belief that the buyer is really far along in the mortgage process or there isn't documentation to support that, the likelihood of your offer getting accepted, even if it might be the highest price offer, is, is reduced. Uh, yes. You know, there's a chance. And, and I see this happen all the time. You know, and, and look, as someone that lists a lot of houses, I don't like getting 40 offers on a house. It's not fun. You have 39 ticked off people and one happy person. And then you got 39 real estate agents wanting to know why their offer didn't get accepted. We don't have time to give 39 people details. Not only that, but we're not allowed to. The seller, the agreements specify what we're allowed to communicate. And a lot of it, we're not allowed to tell them. And, and so you have these people that are upset because their offer didn't get accepted. And, and it's just, it's not fun. So if you want to get your offer accepted, get all your ducks in a row up front. And last but not least, there is an epidemic going on right now in the real estate industry of people getting into the real estate industry that are working part-time. Yes. If you're working with a part-time realtor, okay, then you really need to rethink your process because unfortunately, the, the experience that someone gains through doing it full-time and doing the deals is what gives them the edge to be able to get your offer accepted. And not only that, 
present your offer quick enough, respond to questions quick enough. I can't tell you how many times we get an offer from a part-time agent that's got a full-time job. We've got a deadline of noon. The seller wants to take an offer and that the part-time agent isn't answering questions because they're at their full-time day job. And we wait hours and hours and hours and then the offer gets lost for that client simply because the agent wasn't responsive enough because they have a J-O-B during the day and they part-time realtor at night. It just, it, you look, I, I understand, there are careers out there that you can do part-time. Representing people with the most expensive purchase they've ever bought isn't one of those that's gonna prompt a lot of success. You're gonna fail. Make sure you're working with somebody part-time that knows what they're doing, or not part-time, full-time, that knows what they're doing because you're, you're just gonna lose out. They, they, they're not, they don't have the availability to quickly respond in these multiple offer competitive situations. So anyway, that's it for today. We're going to wrap. Follow us on our socials at the Duncan Duo uh, for super cool contests. Uh, we got a lightning contest coming up too. So go bolts and have an awesome rest of your Sunday.